Welcome to the Directing Animation Livecast with Scott Weiser, who has gone from a studio of one to directing at Space Station Animation to supervising at Steamroller Animation, continuously developing over 15 feature film pitches on a quest to master the art of making deeply meaningful animated films. Today, our guests are the wonderful Ben Reich and Josh Carroll. I want to give a little bit of an intro. So... In my first job in the animation industry, I got I broke in really quickly into the animation industry, and then I went through about eighteen months of unemployment. I went through through two more years of underemployment. But at that at that job with underemployment, I was actually kind of able to create anything I wanted to. So I was out there looking for inspiration, and this video, a, a brand video for for a studio, came up, and it had the most the coolest animation in it. I just loved it. It just was very black and white, and and wonderful. And I would watch that thing over and over and over again, and uh, it inspired me. I wanted to create something like it, and I had several things lined up, different styles I wanted to try, and I never got to try that one. But when I got here to Steamroller Studios, I was talking to Ben Reich and found out that he worked on it, and that both of you, I think you got your starts at Brazen, right? That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're a wonderful studio having lots of great success. And uh, we're actually going to have, we're going to have Brian Ingram on the live cast in April. So that's going to be wonderful. We'll get to talk more about that project there. And we're not going to go to any specifics on any projects or uh, processes in here. We're going to talk more, you know, just about art and, and our different approaches to life and our philosophies behind filmmaking and art making and storytelling. So yeah. Uh, a little bit about Josh Carroll. You come more from the modeling end of things. You're a great digital sculptor. You also have a great eye for anything in animation, I've noticed in our meetings. And uh, Ben started as an animator, but wanted to be more in visual development and still does some 2D animation and is the head of story at Steamroller Animation. So you have very unconventional pathways into the animation industry. And if you want to speak to that, I'd, I'd love to hear more about that. And uh, let's just get this conversation started sure you want to start first ben uh sure yeah i can start um yeah so as you said i mean i started out as a 2d and cg animator so i don't know how much we want to go into our our backstories as far as where we came from but say it all bro um so like i mean i started out i've been drawing since i was a kid um i've been drawing since I can remember. And I got serious into drawing a lot more when I was in uh, middle school with one of my best friends in uh, in middle school. We we started coming up with video game ideas because we were watching anime and different things like that. And we love video games. And so we started kind of coming up with stuff. Um, and so that's when I really kind of started to take it a little bit more seriously. And back then, I mean, you had books and there was no YouTube. So it was just me trying to figure that out as we went and copying different artists that I liked and things like that. Went into school, uh, high school. I thought I was going to go into art. Um, my art teacher in her high school kind of uh, shot me down um, because I would draw Final Fantasy characters and stuff. And she was like, you're never going to get a job doing that. Um, <laughs> so I got upset. Um, you, and I was like, you hey, showed her. This is my not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, she wanted me to be a, to be a fine artist more. I think that was the intent. Uh, I was I was going to actually go into teaching. I wanted to potentially be a doctor, but I didn't want to go to 12 years of school. So uh, I didn't do that. And I was going to go into teaching. But then my best friend, the one that we did the video game designs with way back in middle school, we were friends all through first grade to, through high school. And he's like, hey, I'm going to the Art Institute and I'm going to go into the, the video game design stuff uh, in San Diego. And I was like, bro, you don't, you can't draw like you're going to art Institute and you got accepted. I got to go there. And so <laughs> went there, signed my life away, uh, to art Institute. And, um, I was there for a year and a half and I was going into concept art and, uh, I had an animation class, a 2d animation class I had to take. And the first animation I made, I fell in love with it. I did a bouncing ball and <laughs> I was like, I loved it. It was amazing. And it was, the, we did old flip with the, with paper and all that. And yeah, I was just like enamored with it. So I changed my, my uh, major that day. And I was like, I'm going to be an animator. <laughs> um, and so my mom was a art, art teacher. Well, she was a, a teacher, but she taught the art curriculum at a, a charter school in San Diego. And she met a guy named Terry Naughton. 
And he was a cleanup artist at Disney for 20 years. And so we got in touch and he introduced me. We went to a a Christmas party up in LA for all the 2D old 2D guys. And he introduced me to his supervisor at Disney named Alex Topetti. And Alex and I had a really great conversation that night Then I met him and he told me to quit school and to move (laughs) up to his house in LA. And he'd teach me everything he knew. Um, and he had worked with the nine old men and all that stuff. And so I was like, that's awesome. I just met you. I'll think about it. And so I went back to school, uh, in San Diego. I asked one of my teachers if I should leave. And he's like, yeah, I think, I think you should. And so I quit school, was going to go to Cal arts, missed my window, was going to have to pay back all my crazy loans. So I ended up going to the Academy of art for a semester up in San Francisco. I was running out of money. And so I basically quit there as well because I had to start over basically and move down to LA with with my mentor with Alex and um, and he taught me all the 2D stuff, uh, taught me how to clean up traditionally and all that stuff. And I was going to uh, um, animation mentor after that. So I I knew I wasn't going to be able to get into 2D because there just wasn't the market for it. So I was <laughs> like, I got to be a CG animator. So you thought, and so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I went in there for that. And, um, and then uh, I that's where I met Brian Ingram. And uh, he was my mentor. And he helped me through oh, all yeah. throughout animation mentor. He was he was there next to me and helping me out and giving me feedback, you know, and it was awesome. And we just we stayed in touch. He was working on a short at the time and I was helping him out with it. And then I got a job um, at Blue Sky uh, out of class four uh, with Nick Bruno. So nice. Um, went there and um, was there for a bit uh, working on Epic and came back home after that. And I was waiting for them to call me basically. And uh, Brian called me up and was like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to be joining uh, Greengrass studios and going to be helping them to kind of uh, with their animation content and kind of uh, being the CEO of the studio. Uh, Would you like to be my, you know, one of the first animators to come on? You know, I really enjoy your stuff and I enjoy working with you. And so, yeah. And then I went on, I was like, what does it mean? Do I get to do like, what, what do I get to do? And he's like, you get to do whatever you, you want. You can be, you can use your skills in 2d, you can in CG, we're going to need character design, all these things. So it was that. And then that week actually blue sky called me back to come back on Rio too. So I had to choose it between them. So I, uh, I chose brazen and, uh, and that's where I really was able to grow into the artist I am today because they allowed me to be able to really explore uh, the different skills I was able to kind of try out. So yeah, storyboarding was one of them, but it didn't happen until like four years into me working there, three or four yeah, years yeah. working there. And I went and I did storyboarding and, and uh, I loved it. And it was like, wow, this is like everything put together. Um, yes, it is. It really is. It's so much to think about when you're, when you're planning out <laughs> storyboards. Well, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, it's like, it's, it, you're an animator kind of, cause you're doing keys and you get to think about the shots. And so I, I fell in love with it and I haven't looked back. So I never could do CG all the way because it, I always wanted to draw again. And so mm-hmm. CG was always just too cramped for me. It was, I would always fight the rig and I would always be like, I can draw this faster. And my whole CG workflow was always doing 2D tests anyways beforehand. And I'd always get frustrated. And then I'd always need chocolate halfway through going <laughs> through my splining because my brain would just be fried. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. But I really relate to that. And I learned CG yeah. first, but. Anytime I could get a chance to like do this little 2D thing, I was like, I'm going to do this little 2D thing. And uh, it was funny because actually for, there was like four or five years that that's all I did was 2D stuff. I only did one CG project in freelance. And so, yeah, 2D is a useful skill. It's it's definitely, you know, it's a wonderful place to be. That's what I always tell everyone. I mean, that's what Alex told me when I, when I talked to him. I said, what's the one skill that I need to have? And he was like, draw every single day of your life for the rest of your life. He's like, you'll never regret having that skill. Yeah. And I thank him for that because I don't agree, regret having that skill because literally once you know how to, once you know how to draw, I mean, it opens up so many more win- doors, you know, for the rest of the industry. Cause you know, you can do story, you can do character design, you can do background design, you can do layout, you can do CG, 2D. I mean, you can do everything in a certain way 
I still want to be a painter at some point. I still want to paint at some point, but that's <laughs> going to be on the back burner. Got to have Maybe those goals, bro. <laughs> modeling, um, modeling is one thing I wish I could but, do that I, anytime I kind of get near it, I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I even built a, I, I designed a cartoon version of the CG mascot at Weber State um, in one of my freelance things. And yeah, or it was during that period where I saw the, the work you'd done there on the branding video. And, and others, I know, I know those others contributed to it. It wasn't just you, but uh, yeah, I did sculpt it out of clay and that was fun, but digital sculpting, it just seems ugh, so. It's acquired so, taste, bro. It is an acquired taste. And I love looking <laughs> at it. Like I love your, your portfolio. When I first opened it, Josh, it was just incredible. I was like, wow. Thank you. I, I'd Thank love you. to, I'd love this guy to sculpt one of my characters, but I can't afford you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> one day, one yeah, day, one day, <laughs> one day. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So. I mean, as for me, like my, my, I, I think, uh, you know, Ben and I have, have a lot in common in terms of sort of the road less traveled. Uh, my career began actually in graphic design. I went to school at LSU um, and graduated with a degree in graphic design, worked there for uh, just over, just over three years. Um, and as I was kind of going through that process, I kind of realized that something deep within me was still looking for a more narrative outlet like yeah. i loved the the applica the application and the art of graphic design but there was something still missing there you know this, yeah. this sort of narrative quality the story centricness so i kind of had a conversation with my wife and i was like hey i i actually think you know you know you know the conversation hey i, I think i need to change my career right so you know, we sit down uh you know we're we're Christians. And so we sat down and we really prayed about like, okay, what is the path forward for me in my career? And we felt like God was leading me to really kind of go back to school. So I enrolled at Ringling College of Art and Design in Sarasota um, and went through their degree program in computer animation. And in the process, got an amazing opportunity to go out to Disney and intern as uh, one of their uh, modeling interns. Very early on, I kind of realized that I'm not an animator. Um, yeah. I love the art of animation and absolutely uh, respect uh, the artists who do it. Uh, but You're I'm not a performer not. myself. I not. <laughs> and so for me, modeling was sort of the avenue into tapping into the character, right? Really kind of getting into bringing the character to life. And that was really kind of how I broke into the industry. I did my internship at Disney in L.A., uh, came back to school and and finished my last year, and then my wife and I both moved out to LA uh, with sort of the the expectation that I would actually get hired on at Disney at that point. That kind of didn't work out as <laughs> as things tend to tend to happen, you know. Yep, yep. Um, and, and I was I was out in LA looking for work, and all of a sudden, just like Ben, I got a call um, from Brian Ingram as well, and he said, "Hey, I uh, I got your name from." Uh, one of your professors at at Ringling, who's a good friend of mine, he's like, I'm starting up a studio in Dallas. Are you interested in coming out and being part of it? Um, and that really kind of just, you know, launched everything. I feel like, um, again, with much prayerful consideration, we decided to move back to Dallas. And from that point forward, it was just a, an amazing opportunity at, at Brazen to really kind of get in, like Ben was saying, and just apply everything I, I had in me as an artist, right? And um and one thing I'm extremely grateful for about that opportunity is it really gave me a platform to maneuver through different aspects of my career. You know, I started as a modeler there, uh, got some great experience doing that um, and really enjoyed it. But as time went on, you know, uh, Brian kind of acknowledged in me like, hey, it seems like you have, you know, sort of a creative voice in you that, you know, I'd love to give you the opportunity to exercise um, and so really kind of under his wing, he really trained me up in sort of cre creative director and directorial roles and, you know, really kind of gave me a stepping stone to be able to kind of move into creative leadership on projects. And that was that was awesome. And so really it kind of brought me to where I am today. You know, I, I, I still kind of cling on to my modeling past some and still do that a little bit. But really now at Steamroller, I am, uh, you know, working in a creative directorial role uh, and I'm loving it. It's awesome. Yeah. It's wonderful. They're inspiring stories too. I just, I love them, relate to them. I can't tell you how many times my, I would sit down with my wife and like, should I really be doing animation? <laughs> and we'd have a very heart to heart conversation and, you know, pray about it and, and determine, okay, we're, we're in the right path. And sometimes we had to make slight adjustments, but it's also very fascinating how those wrong turns actually are the right turns, you know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We discussed this yesterday, how, you know, 
sometimes these blessings come disguised as a trial, you know, <laughs> it looks totally. like it's yep. like this really hard thing, but suddenly it's like, oh, oh, wow. Who knew that great thing would come out of this, you know? And yep. uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And just that the perseverance to really kind of maneuver through those moments, you really get on the outside and look back and be like, whoa, I never would have never would have chosen the path that it took. Right. But I never would have arrived at where I'm at had I not gone the way it went. Right. You know, and I mean, even Ben and I, you know, as as sort of uh, as a as a friendship and a, and a creative partnership and a relationship started because of that. Right. Like we both, mm-hmm. you know, we both started at Brazen together. And, you know, at, at that point, we were just peers and just like, hey, hey, guy that, you know, I saw at work every day. That was just cool to talk to. Right. And that really kind of grew into really a brotherhood, right? A, a, a lifelong relationship, a friendship. And, and you know, the opportunities that we get to work together have just really kind of meant everything to me. So um, even even as you're kind of maneuvering through your career and kind of bumping elbows with people, you never know, you know, the people that are going to just change the course of your life forever, right? Um, so that's been really mm. kind of awesome to see how that's kind of been woven through our story, you know? Yeah. And you didn't even come to Steamroll at the same time. It's just that that bond you know, eventually brought you here to where, to where you are and you've been able to grow into these roles, which are, are awesome. And it's really inspiring to work alongside you. You know, <laughs> I'll quietly be listening to meetings sometimes and just hearing your insights, Josh. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that, that man. And on my work, I mean, you've, you've given some great insights on my work too. And I really enjoy well, it. You, you do great work, man. So it's easy to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> It's been, yeah, I mean, Steamroller has really kind of offered uh, an, an amazing kind of sort of step forward for me where, you know, um, for those who may not be aware, uh, the, the the studio is really kind of working on sort of our our flagship IP. And, and my role as I've kind of come in has sort of been largely shepherding that. So as a, as a head of creative, I, I'm pretty much overseeing the creative directors that we have at the studio and and myself sort of functioning as creative director on Spice Frontier, which is our uh, initial IP. Jalil Sadul, our COO, is the creator of the property and the director on the project. Uh, and I really kind of work under him very closely, kind of shepherding the day-to-day creative ins and outs of the project, uh, you know, really work closely with the team, the production team, and really kind of just guide that process along. Um, so it's been really awesome to get to serve in that role. Ben, Ben was, you know, has been on the project with, with us as well. And, you know, was the sort of initial story artist on the project and, you know, getting to kind of really interact with the amazing talent that we have and and the the awesome people on the team to see work like yours, Scott, to see work like yours, Ben, this was really cool to kind of be sort of at the head of all that and kind of looking at it all and saying, wow, you know, we have something really special here. And and the, the people that we sort of gathered to work on this project has been really impressive and and really kind of has blown me away with just their capabilities and their artistry. And it's just been been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been cool to see the studio grow as well. Um, Cause I've been at steamroller for about four years now, mm-hmm. four years in April next year. When I came on, um, I mean, obviously I, I came on saying I can do CG and 2d stuff, but also be saying, I want, I kind of wanted to, focus on story. So Jalil kind of brought me on as the first story guy at the studio that they had hired ever because they, they mostly did animation work before that. Mm -hmm. So we had a small team of art artists on Deadwood on the game that they came out with. So I got to talk to some of those guys, but that was pretty much the art art department or the pre-production side of it all was just, you know, a couple guys that were doing that. And then we have some modelers on the, on that game as well. And so it was, Really interesting um, to see. I mean, and they came out with the short for Spice Frontier a few months after I came on. Um, I didn't work on it. Um, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the stuff that they did in it was incredible for the team that they had. Then you know, I started working with Jaleel on the on what we're working on now, and uh, just seeing the team grow, uh, having Josh come on. I mean. I, I can say that I kind of helped convince him too. I know Jaleel it's, it's was the one true. that ultimately did it. I couldn't believe that <laughs> that uh, he came out of the woodworks, you know, for it. But because uh, you know Josh had kind of taken a hiatus, so. Uh, but yeah, it's just been really cool to see how all of that coming together has really been uh, led, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see what we do with the with the team and with the workflow that we're doing with unreal and everything like that. I mean, there's so many new horizons that we're testing out that I've never seen before, uh, in my career. 
that um, just gives a lot of opportunities for new workflows and new things. And I love workflows. So <laughs> I always enjoy learning something new and, and, uh, and stuff like that, as long as uh, AI doesn't take over my job. So <laughs> sure. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. That's a, that's a quite a sentiment. We actually, our last episode was AI good or evil. And it was a debate that we had with several business owners and different creatives within the industry in Utah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was a cool conversation. Cool. It was really fun. Yeah. So, um, hearing these different stories is, is really awesome too. Just how they all connect. Like as you're, as you're speaking, cause I've known about steamroller since the beginning as well. I was invited about seven, eight years ago to come, <laughs> but I you know, it was funny. Jalil introduced me as that's the guy who turned me down at one point. At one point. <laughs> I was like, well, not really. And then I saw Spice Frontier and I was like, oh yeah, I could have worked on that maybe. <laughs> you know? But, uh, you know, every time I would look at it, I'd be like, yeah, that's great. But I, I feel like I'm on the right path, you know, currently. I'm so grateful it, it collided. It's just such a wonderful place. You know, it was built by artists for artists to service the, the industry. Yeah. And uh, therefore it's, it's just a great place to learn and grow. It's just fantastic. And it's yeah, people you know, are catching on to that too. We're, we're getting, a, you know, yeah. <laughs> very much so. And, you yeah. know, I would say this, like, um, you know, as we, as we kind of talk about opportunities that we've had and platforms that we've had, you know, I feel like Steamroller has been uh, an amazing, uh, again, like an incubator for, for yeah. me as an individual, as an artist, as a leader. You know, I, I feel like the 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 environment itself is just so nurturing but then on top of that the people that you interact with every day are always looking to push you forward right seeing how can we help you how can we maximize your abilities and your talents and then how can we trust you with an opportunity to shine right um and i know i feel like that that's been sort of a um an eye-opening experience for me to just like step in and you know jalil jalil he's he's tenacious he he Ben, I'll give you credit. You definitely introduced me to the idea, but he definitely convinced me to come on board because we were going to try to mm -hmm. do something special. You know, I was just amazed with the amount of trust that I was that I was given. Like, hey, this this is like our baby. This is our first big, you know, offering to the world. Our first big IP project that we're going to put out there, and we want you to come in and have a major influence over it. You know, and uh, I can't say enough about how grateful I am for that for that trust because I feel like it's it's meant all the difference. It's helped me to really kind of own the role. To have autonomy in the role and to really kind of work within it, build the team up. It, it's great because when you get that level of trust coming down from the top, you can then perpetuate that down below you, right? So the people that are working, you know, with me, you know, I can sort of continue that, give them opportunities to shine, you know, and allow people to have the same platform I had and continue to have. And it's just, it's just a really great um it's a great place to be, right? Where everyone yeah. is really kind of working towards the same, the same goal of building up a um, not only a project, but you know, a a place of belonging where we can all kind of coalesce into something more, right? Where the where the the sum can be bigger than the whole the parts, right? Yeah. Um, so it's been it's been pretty incredible, especially you know as. Uh, as early on in my career, I would say, uh, as I am, uh, I never expected to kind of arrive at a place where I can kind of exercise this much influence and really just kind of have as big of a, a footprint as as I'm allowed to have at this point. And it's just been really cool. Yeah. Listening to also, you know, uh, in terms of your leadership, the I've, I've seen way too many people when they think of leadership, they think of whole, clutching it close. Like I'm gaining so much power and then, and then I've got to keep that for me. Right. And what you said about leadership was I want to help other people be able to have these same types of opportunities because that's what was afforded to you. And uh, yeah, I love hearing that, that, that kind of a pattern Absolutely. is very healthy. Well, and you know, you, you, you hope, you hope, and and you sort of, uh, rely on the fact that as you're choosing your team members, that you're vetting them to the point where they're the kind of people that you can entrust with that kind of, you know, that kind of opportunity. Right. And, you know, it, it, I've been extremely thankful to say that everyone that's come on board here has just been amazing and it really has surpassed all of my expectations. Mm -hmm. And so as, as people of that caliber are working around you, you just, man, you just want to throw them stuff. You're like, Hey, you have amazing artistic skills and 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 your own voice. And, you know, I, I think one of the things I love about film uh, and animation is that it's so collaborative that 
it ends up again, kind of like we're talking about the the trajectory of the project always ends up in a place that you never could have foreseen as an individual, right? Yeah. Because all the individual voices that are coming into play huge roles into that. They put their own fingerprints on it. They push it in ways that, you know, without those people there, without those voices in the room, we may never have gone. Right. Yeah. Um, and so and so you really kind of do your best to try to make sure that the people around you are as top notch as they can be in terms of character, in terms of artistic talent, uh, in terms of just the the kind of team members that you 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 hope and want to be a part of. Right. And when you find that you have those people around you, man, you feed them. You know, it's like, hey, let me give you as many opportunities as I can, because, you know, I want to see more of what you've got. It's amazing. I, I have been extremely pleased to have always been even sur like my expectations have been surpassed over and over again, you know. So, you know, I, I feel like in a leadership position, I can't help but want to give those people more opportunities because like everything they do is just like, OK, that's way better than I expected it to be. That's amazing. Here's another one. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's your experience with leadership, Ben? Yeah. I mean, the thing that, I was, that I'll mention on top of that, Josh, is that I think that that's something that I really appreciate that we got from Brazen as well is the autonomy. Um, mm -hmm. because, <laughs> because of the way that we worked there and how we had to really come up creatively with, with problem solving in certain situations. And with the fact that it was so early on, even with tutorials and things on YouTube. And I know for myself, you know, it's like when I had to go into story, there was nothing online for it. It was just write-ups from the old days, but like Brian and the team gave me the opportunity to fail, you know, and to be mm -hmm. able to try things, you know, and I look back and I look at, back at those boards or even my old, old animations, it's like, dude, it's terrible. Um, but, you know, it, the thing that I loved is that, you know, Brian would always kind of throw me into the deep end, you know, in a way yeah. and in a good way where it was like, I know what you can do. And I'm going to, and, and I know you have the autonomy and you have the, you, you can do this. And so he believed in me in that way. And I can never, I can never thank him enough and thank the team enough for that at Brazen, because that's really the biggest thing that I brought here at Steamroller is all the people on my team, I'm giving them opportunities to try things out to, you know, even opportunities to fail and to keep, and to learn from that, you know, because that's what I don't want to control everything. Yeah. I don't want to have that. I don't want to have that job anyways. Like I don't want to micromanage because um, that's just not how I am as a person. And for me, my job as a leader is to be a servant to the people underneath me and to help them grow in the same way that I saw people that led me in the past help me to grow, you know, where it was like giving the opportunities and to show me, to help push me past my boundaries because I feel like I had so many I would overthink things so much when I, in my earlier career <laughs> yeah. and I would, I would get nervous and I would say, I can't do this. I can't get it done in time and all these things, you know, and every time. And honestly, I can't, I can't really say anything for myself that I, that was me. I mean, honestly, I believe that, I mean, I'm a Christian as well. And I believe that um, God kind of got me through all of that. And there were times where I pulled things out that I never thought I could because he was there with me, you know, in those mm -hmm. things. Yep. Yeah, it just was, uh, it was an incredible experience. And obviously, Brazen, you know, I, I, I grew a lot in my faith as well there just because of uh, them being a Christian studio as well. So, yeah, so I, I'm hoping that I'm bringing that to the team, you know, to my teams that I have underneath me and that we can bring that to the studio more and more. And I think that that's what Josh is saying is that there's a trust of being like, you know what, I trust you to go to go do that, you know, and I, I trust you, even if you fail that you'll, that you'll you'll take the responsibility for it and we'll just move forward from it, you know, because we're all people, we're all humans. We're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to do things well. And we're going we're, to, we're all learning through this. If I've learned anything about studios as well in the past, like 12, 13 years is that like, we all don't really know what we're doing all the way, you know, and we're all figuring it out. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a humbling thing, you know, cause it doesn't make room for ego when it's like, Hey, like with the pro with the IP we're on with spice frontier, this is a whole brand new thing. So it's like everyone coming on team. It's like, guys, just so you know, none of this is figured out. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, yep. and it's okay. We haven't figured it out because this is a new frontier. We're trying. Yep. And it's funny. This is spice frontier. A spice it's like, frontier. It's like, an, it's like, a, it's <laughs> yeah, a, it's like we are going unexplored. into a new frontier. And, yeah. And Jaleel would love the Star Trek reference. Um, but you know, it's like, 
we are kind of stepping into a new kind of world with, you know, uh, real-time rendering and all these different things that can allow us to make things in ways that was never done before. That's basically kind of overall what, what I think about it all. Yeah, about. I love how you kept repeating the word autonomy. That That is just such a beautiful word. It, it, it feels to me like the difference between feeling like you're a cog in a machine versus feeling like you're an artist, like you're bringing something to the table, right? And it's it's yes. crazy because I think the re work, reason the work that you were all there were doing at that time, why it's so inspiring to me is because that's what I had. I had autonomy. Um, I didn't have the same type of resources to talent because I was at a university that they had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had already completed all the work they had for me in like a month. They thought, oh, this is like six months of work and I completed it, right? So like, okay, do something for you. And so I was like, okay, I, and I'd pitch an idea and they'd let me do it. I'd had plenty of autonomy, but yeah, uh, being able to see your work was, was super inspiring at that point and uh, continues to be inspiring, right? Like I can feel that influence that that you're trying to give, and uh, and obviously you know Steamroller Studios is a place where people from all walks of life, all different faiths or or belief systems, you know, there's there's no uh, no requirement there, obviously, but mm -hmm. uh, it's it's wonderful how everybody gets along so well, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, that's that's wonderful as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, creative collaboration. Excuse me, creative collaboration <laughs> is is everything, right? It's, yeah, it's. Um, it's inviting people to sort of input, you know, their experience, their, their path, their, you know, their worldviews, their insights, Lord, you know, and kind of like bringing all that stuff together and, and sort of um, seeing how it, it sort of enhances the whole has just been really great. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about, so as we said in the, in the, down in the description, uh, you, you've worked together for many years. You work together day in, day out, probably a little bit less. You see each other a little bit less than you two, used to right now. But then after work, you're going and you're working on a project together. That's <laughs> so right. Let's speak to yeah. that. That's right. So it's a, it, it's a uh, you know, again, the, the circuitous route of our, of our career trajectory and the, and the sort of art that we've been involved in and produced has sort of brought us to sort of a new horizon where we decided we wanted to get together and uh collaborate and create a graphic novel you know both ben and i uh, and feel free to chime in here bro novels um, novels novels yeah because you can't <laughs> it can't just be one right one thing we learned very early on is like controlling scope is very difficult for us so um, you know it starts out as one small project and balloons into many you know but we we sort of came up uh, both with a a love of uh, of graphic art uh, of of comics and graphic novels and manga and all that sort of thing, one thing we learned very early on uh, in the process of working in animation studios is just how labor intensive it is to make something animated. Right to sort of Ben's uh, sort of uh, description earlier, when we were working together at Brazen and even here at Steamroller, we had a lot of opportunity to really work very closely with one another to learn. Uh, each other's personalities, each other's skills, each other's uh, capabilities artistically. And so as we kind of grew closer in that and wanted and decided we wanted to partner, we we're like, okay, what can we create together that we can create together, right? That doesn't need, uh, you know, a massive team behind it that isn't going to require, you know, uh, all sorts of sort of uh, skill sets that between the two of us, we don't represent. And so then we kind of rediscover, you know, kind of rediscover, like, as we we're talking, like, hey, like, I've always loved comics, always wanted to get into creating a graphic novel or, or um, writing and producing something in, in that kind of narrative framework. And so, you know, as we talked, you're like, okay, sweet, we're going to do this between the two of us, we're going to we're going to sit down and really kind of put put our money where our mouth is and kind of get after it. So, so we have we have embarked on uh, on a project, we're keeping it hush hush for now. Uh, but it will be uh, set in a fantasy world. Uh, we both uh, we both have grown up with the love of fantasy um, and have always wanted to really see that pushed more into the the comics world. And so uh, I, I'll be doing the majority of the writing uh, and Ben will be doing the majority of the art. And basically, our story is three outcasts that are forced to band together to fight the evil around them. Uh, one is a rogue priest. The other two are heirs to a mystical uh, clan of mystical assassins. Even though they're sworn enemies, 
they have to kind of set their differences aside to unravel a dark conspiracy that threatens all the people they love. So that's kind of the premise of the story. Wow, we even get a log um, line. I didn't know we were going to get that much today. Yeah. <laughs> I get, that's, the best hey. way, that's the best log line we've done so far, bro. <laughs> nice. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> I gave you a little bit of a teaser, you know, but yeah, so we're, we're deep into uh volume one. I say that with a little shame because this was supposed to be a small uh, project for us, but as we got into it, you know, we just found that the story at some point, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, Scott, but at some point the, the story starts to to talk back to you, yeah. right? To say, no, this is what I want. This is what I want to be. This is, this is what it needs to be uh, to fully express, um, you know, what, what what we feel like will be a rewarding experience for our viewer, but also it, it's kind of become, and Ben, feel free to, to chime in here, but it's kind of become the vehicle for us to kind of express our worldviews and express like what we see and kind of like a channel for, you know, what we have to say, right? The message that we believe that God's given us, that we believe we have to say. And so it's been really cool to kind of get back to sort of a much more personal expression of art to me. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. I mean, I think that along with what you're saying with how it's kind of ourselves in the story where, uh, I mean, I think the best stories, and and I think we all can agree with this, are the stories that are told by people who actually are trying to say something from their, from their own experience. Not, I was given this, I was given this script and now I have to direct it now. It's like these people wrote this and they, they, it's a labor of love. You know, I mean, a lot of the early Pixar films, I love them, you know, Finding Nemo, I love Finding Nemo, where it's just all about fatherhood and about what that means and the both sides of it as a kid and as a father, you know, and how that story kind of, as you grow with it, you, it grows with you, Mm -hmm. you know, when you watch it. And honestly, I feel like those are the best stories because you can tell it was from experience. It was from something that happened in in the person's life. And whether or not it's, you know, fantasy or noir or whatever genre it is, mm-hmm. um, it I the, my favorite stories are the ones that bring me into the world and help me experience what I'm what like what the characters are experiencing. But but behind it all, it has something to. Of from my life that I'm trying to kind of put in there. And I feel like that is kind of a thing that I feel like is lost a little bit in film now is that it's, there's too many cooks in the kitchen, you know, and there's not enough artists with their own voices being mm-hmm. able to make something Yeah, or they're, they're too worried about market stuff or whatever, you know, and, and granted, either we're not worried about being successful with this story. Because <laughs> yeah. honestly, it's like in like in in a way of like trying to be humble about it, you know. It's like we're gonna say the thing that we feel like God is telling us to say, and we're yeah. gonna allow that to come out in the story, and we're just gonna let the story tell itself, and hopefully, you know, people enjoy it and people like it. But yeah. we're still gonna make it anyways, just because we know we're we feel called to to tell the story. Yep. Yeah, um, I've, I've told this story multiple times. Um, on on the live cast, but I'll tell again. Um, so uh, yeah, I've had the same experience with my stories. Like the the process of of the story of watching the story unfold, as you mentioned, you know how the story starts speaking to you. I think one of the reasons that um, stories are suffering right now too is that people don't realize that you are not the master of your story; you are the slave to your story. You know, your story is telling it what it needs to be, and if you if you have an agenda as your thing to say, that might. That yes. might be tough yes. to get through mm-hmm. because you're going to discover things that you may not have expected mm-hmm. in your story. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so with the with the process of, of learning, of putting out a story, that's great. Doing a Kickstarter was great. And um, I was at a, in a situation where I was directing some episodes. We got over 50 million views on five episodes of this seven-minute cartoon I was directing at Space Station. And I thought that would feel so fulfilling to get that that kind of views on work that I and the team did, right? And then at the same time, somebody came to me about Cirque de Solitude, my second kickstarted book, and said, you know, that book describes the woman I want to be. And to me, that one, that one comment was more valuable than, than 50 million views because it was specific, you know, mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. it was definite, like I could definitely see the impact it had on this, this young woman. And then, yeah. So that's, that's why you create, you create because... <laughs> you know, that's, that's what we're here to do. 
when you're creating a connection, right? And mm-hmm. and to what I think what Ben is really hitting on is that if if what you're creating is has sincerity to it, if it really comes from you, it, it's you you expect that there will be people out there that will resonate with that, right? That enough people will hopefully see that sincerity and connect with that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just it, it always strikes me how interesting you know art creation is to just human communication and human interaction and human relationship, right? It's like, hey, we're looking to put something of ourselves in this so that when you read it, you know something of us, right? Yeah. Um, and, and and you know, in that interaction, you know, I don't know, there's some weird alchemical connection. It's like there, a dialogue. Right? Yeah, exactly. You're having a dialogue with the with the person experiencing the art as well. I mean, yeah. say even in old paintings, it was the same thing. You know, it's like you can stand in front of some of these amazing paintings and you're having a dialogue with the painting. Yeah, yep. um, absolutely. And that's the point. And that's it. the process of writing um, a story too. Like right. But part of putting you into a story, this is this is the other challenge, is you can't just put the pretty parts. <laughs> You know? That's right. You can't put the Instagram polished up, up retouched photo, right? Um, one one story problem I have on my current project, I uh, I found the solution after it was actually after seeing Angel Studios the shift. We went to the preview of that. We were having a great discussion on the way home. Suddenly, I saw a problem in my story, and I saw the solution too. And I realized why I haven't been able to solve this problem over the past few years because it was about something negative about me that I had to face. <laughs> you know, that's, that's very interesting. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah. It becomes a mirror, right? It becomes a mirror that mm-hmm. you hold up to yourself, and you really kind of have to analyze that and understand what to do with it, right? And how willing yeah, are that, you to be exposed, like <laughs> that, that, exactly that negative exactly, thing about right? yourself? Yeah. So in that moment, did you tell everybody, okay, hang on, everybody be quiet. I got to remember this. Like, <laughs> I got, I finally got the solution. <laughs> Write it down real quick. I told it to my wife because we were in the car okay, and, uh, and I wrote it down when I got home. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, did, I did moments. tell her, I was like, hold on the moment them. we get home, I'm writing us all down. <laughs> yep. This is important. Yep. It also made my journal too, because it was, it was that deep, but, um, yeah, yeah. I, I love to hear about your process and I love to hear that that's the kind of work you want to do because it's that's been really kind cool of work to kind need. of read. Yeah. And it's been really cool to sort of discover, you know, the the partnership even deeper, right? Like as Ben and I kind of go into this process, just just how much we're relying on each other to really kind of be the sounding board and whatever we're doing, right? So uh-huh. um the, the cool thing is it's kind of like what we've been we've been talking about in terms of creative leadership and stuff like that. It's like we 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 both get to experience both ends of that in in, in this kind of collaboration, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like I'm submitting my work to Ben and being like, Ben, here's the script. Like, what do you think? You know, give me the feedback. Let's grow in this. And and then he's doing the same with the artwork and the design. And it's been, it's really been really neat to kind of deepen our relationship with one another as we kind of become more and more vulnerable in that process, right? Like we're both kind of venturing into territory that we're not extremely familiar with in terms of, we don't have a ton of experience doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been it's been cool to sort of kind of venture into the unknown together and kind of see where it goes. So yeah, uh, it's just been really great. That's wonderful. Uh, also, we are almost at at time, so we'll get to the get wiser moment that we always go through, and we will kind of cover this a little bit. But if you want to add to it, that would be if my goal. This is the get wiser question. <laughs> if my goal is to get the highest clarity of truth into a story, what approach would you recommend? Mm. That's a deep question. That's why I ask it over and over again. (laughs) I mean, I think for me, I think you almost kind of hit on it when you were talking about sort of analyzing yourself. I think, I think having a standard of truth, I think for me is, is pivotal. First of all, you know, as we've kind of mentioned, having a place where truth comes from and having that clearly defined for yourself, but being willing to confront it, right. Being willing to sort of look at it and say, okay, you know, my messaging in the story or the way that I'm crafting the narrative, let me hold that up to that truth and see how it bears out, right? What am I really saying with what I'm creating, Uh right? And constantly going back to that, right? Because I think in the process, kind of like what we're talking about, in the process of, of creating the narrative, it does talk back to you, right? But then you still have to have the hand of the creator to come back in and be like, yes, but I don't, I, I, do, I don't believe that, you know, there, there, there are potential avenues where it ends in a place where you're like, no, that doesn't align with what I believe the truth is, right? Yeah. And so you have to then come back in and correct those things, right? So being being willing to kind of always look at what you're making and saying, is it reflecting the truth that I want to uphold? Okay. You want to have anything to add to that, Ben? Could you ask the question one more time? Because I feel if like my I goal... want to just digest it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, even to speak a bit more to to your thing, Josh. You know, one of the one of the things I confronted when writing masked magic, um, I almost lost my faith actually while writing masked magic, uh, just because of different things were going on. Yeah, there was something staring me back in the in masked magic, and I actually went with it. I decided that it felt like I needed to at least go down that path and discover what was down there, and uh, very valuable because my uh, obviously my faith is stronger than ever, and it was because of uh, because of that process. Of that's why we're here in life, right? We're actually living a story, <laughs> yes. And you get to determine what's that, what that's going to be. Is it going to involve animation? Are you going to be a lawyer? You know, um, so it, it, it's wonderful we get to be a part of that process and just think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question was, if my goal is to get the highest clarity of truth into a story, what approach would you recommend? I often use the word potency too, high potency. So the moment, like. I saw, when I saw Sunset Boulevard years ago, this is, I think I, how I described it to Aaron Gilman, because he said, what do you mean by truth? And uh, some of my guests will, will ask that question. My example was that I saw Sunset Boulevard, sat down with my wife and said, I need to make some changes. You know, <laughs> That's what I describe as it. Like it, it really opened up something I had never seen before, you know? Yep. I mean, I think that for me, and I feel like this is something that I've been coming back to for the past year or two now in my life overall, but also in my job, but also in my personal life is intention that if you don't, if you don't have an intent behind it, and I think this kind of goes into what you were saying, Josh, about being, having the truth, you know, and not understanding what your intent is. I mean, I see it all the time with story where if, a, if the person who's casting the vision does not have an intent for the vision, then it's very difficult as an artist to be able to help achieve that vision. And I think vision and intent kind of go hand in hand with each other. I don't know if I'm answering the question all the way, but I just feel like it's just something that's been on my, uh, that's been on my heart a lot is just been that kind of, um, and in my personal life, you know, it's like, am I being intentional with the things that I have? And I have to clarify what that intent is, you know, of like with my kids, what's the kind of father that I want to be to them? As a husband, how, what kind of husband do I want to be? As a leader at the studio, what do I want to be? And how do I want to help my people? How do I help my people get there? And what's the intent behind that? Because if yeah. I don't have a clear vision for that, then I just go in circles. Um, yeah. And I noticed that in my life is that, uh, and I see that in story, you know? I mean, Josh yeah. and I's story, it's like, it's it's taken a while for us to find it, you know, mm-hmm. as far it as does. what the story is trying to say. Yeah. But yep. now that we've found it, it's like everything has to go back to what the intent of the story is. Yeah. And if it doesn't fit with the intent of that story, then we need to throw it out because yeah. it doesn't work. Well, um, it's really vogue right now to say like this, this story has such great themes, <laughs> you know? yeah. but then you, you watch that story and you're like that, w- what was it saying? Like, I, I don't, mm. it was going like, and, and some people will pitch it that little bit like, we're saying this and this and this and this and this. And mm. it's like, oh, well, let's, I mean, you can end up saying multiple things to multiple people in, in one way of saying things. Like you can just find a little, you know, eight word quote. And it does say different things to different people in different times of their lives. If it's one of those really good ones that keep being shared throughout the years. Right. Um, so yeah, having that, that focus, you know, that could help all of us in our life, actually, you know, have a focus, yep. have an objective, have, have something you're moving toward. And if, if you have to shift, that's okay. That's, that's part of life, but you know, keep moving. Toward it at least that. gives you, it the least highest... gives you, uh, it's like, uh, I, for, I forgot what book I read it in too. Yeah. There was a book that I read that was talking about like, what if you go through your entire life and the, and the, the ladders on the wrong side, on the wrong building, on the wrong side of the building, you know? And yeah. I think for me, I just feel very convicted about that in my life as a Christian is just, okay, what, like, I want to make sure that I am going in the right direction, you yeah. know, and always checking myself against the truth to make sure that my true North is still true North because yeah. it's so easy to move away from that. And it's the same, it's crazy because when you actually apply that to the rest of your life, it's in every single aspect of life, almost like it was designed that way. Yeah. Almost um, like yeah. And, uh, and so it's just, it's been very eye-opening for me um, going through everything that I've gone through the past years um, yeah. and just looking back. So as well, because I see parts of my life where it's like, I didn't have that vision for those things. And I was aimless for a time until I kind of reoriented myself to what I needed to reorient to. So 
Um, obviously that's my faith. So ultimately deep down. Um, yeah. So, but it applies to everything. Yeah. So I don't does. know if that answered the question, but that's my answer to that kind of, so. <laughs> yeah. Have an objective, make it the highest ideal you can imagine or that you can conceive of. It's different than understand. goals. It's different than goals. It is I different. I feel like it that's is. the thing. I, it's I, an ideal. I was it's super a, into self-help yeah. books, you know, before <laughs> I was a Christian and I feel like it, it changed. And um, it's not about setting goals for your life because the goals bleed out of that intent, you know, um, if that makes sense. Uh-huh, yeah. Like where you need to go, it'll tell you the steps once you know where you're trying to go, you know. Um, and I feel like the goals to me are like the steps that you need to take to get there. I don't know. I don't know if it's making sense, but it's, it's making sense. Also, there's a, there's an aspect of if you do if you're into self-help and stuff like that, there's an aspect where they, they do explore this idea that goals actually can be detrimental if that's all you're looking at is the goal and not yes. just the process, right? And yes. perhaps an ideal ideal that you're looking toward, um, in, in your case, would be Christianity, right? And that faith that you have, that would be the process plus the goals, right? That's It's like combined. It's not just goals. It's not just process. It's both. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> perhaps yeah yeah well I, i'm just I'm i don't know if it makes you. sense but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but well awesome well it was so great to have you on the show i have links to your deviant art josh and your instagram down in the show notes and if there are any other links that uh you want them to go to let me know and don't judge me i haven't updated that thing in four years so yeah yeah well. <laughs> and check out our upcoming work it's really exciting we have a lot of production diaries out that you can check out and right. that that shows you the stuff that you can know now but there's lots coming soon so look forward to that and until yep, next me. time what no, i was just gonna say we appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk with you it's been great oh yeah such a pleasure thank you and until next Thanks, time man. i hope we all get a little wiser Thank you for watching the Directing Animation Livecast, hosted by Scott Weiser, audio version edited by Kira Horowitz, copyright Scott Weiser, LLC 2023. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and ring that notification bell.